Hi everyone, I'm Caroline King. And I'm Ashley Powers. And you're listening to Bitch Beer. This week we sat down with Christina Hughes, but everyone else knows her as Craft Beer Chris, the craft beer connoisseur. We met Chris the same day we met Jen Price over a year ago, and Chris has continued to be a big supporter of ours. Chris is the definition of an influencer. Whatever she says about beer, people listen. If there's a beer event, she will be there. Speaking of beer events, we talk about beer festivals, how her tune has changed as she's grown, and she gives us our new favorite phrase. Are you ready for it? Pigeon piss. Yuck. Get into it. down with us we've got oh. the craft beer connoisseur craft beer chris hooray hooray thanks for having me yeah, i appreciate it i'm so excited so for um anybody who's living under a rock and does not know who you are how about introduce yourself and talk about what you do all right for all of you uh rock worms <laughs> <laughs> my name is chris i'm better known as the craft beer connoisseur follow me on instagram at t-h-e-e craft beer connoisseur um, actually, I am a beer blogger, influencer, um, beer enthusiast, connoisseur, of course, and I've been blogging about beer and kind of documenting my craft beer journey for about five years now. Wow. I know. This is crazy. Wow. I looked back at my timeline, a double check recently, and it was like September 2014. So I started my birthday 2014. So it's coming into five years now of blogging and stuff. And yeah, it's been a, a good time coming. Um, I, I drink beer every single day. Um, I review beer. And, you know, at the end of the day, if I didn't have all of these perky things around me, like all of these merch things and all of these followers and, you know, people who listen to my advice about stuff, I wouldn't care because I just love the beer. Yeah. So that's where the that's heart is. That's great. You were just telling us that you're coming up on two years in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, where are you from? Oh, okay. Well, originally, I'm from Florida, Jacksonville. Duval. <laughs> Born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. And then I went to school down in Tampa, Florida, University of South Florida. And then from school, I graduated maybe 2012 from school. So I chilled up in Tampa, worked my corporate job, and decided I wanted to change the scenery and try something new, come down here to Black Hollywood, <laughs> as they call it. And yeah. It was like a good spur of the moment, up and left, and it's been great since I've moved here, actually. So how did blogging in Tampa, Florida start? Blogging in Tampa started with my journey in craft beer in general, because um, I never... Beer is an acquired taste. Absolutely. Is what it was for me. It was very much an acquired taste. I can remember some of my first instances trying beer, drinking beer, and just thinking to myself, I'm not going to like it. Plus, mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of carbonated beverages in general. So I, I, when I played sports in high school, I didn't drink a lot of soda or anything like that. So probably just staying away from carbonated beverages is probably why I didn't care for it. But mm -hmm. Finally, in college, you know, going to parties and stuff, being the only person not drinking a beer, you looking awkward and stuff, and then somebody's like, you're going to drink a beer, and they push beer in my hand. And it was probably a beer that wasn't any good pigeon piss, as I like to call it. Pigeon piss. Pigeon That's a new piss. one for yeah. me. Yeah. Is that a new one? Good. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, everybody has their little terms for what they like to call trash beer. I, yeah. You know, I can't, I, you know, I love me craft beer. I love craft beer, but there are some nights when I just want a PBR and it's disgusting and I That's am judging nasty. myself, but I'm white trash to my core <laughs> and I can't help well, it. Well, I have some <laughs> nights where I have to break out my ramen noodles, so. Yeah. We, we, we all have our we vices. All have our, yep. And like, even like Michelob Ultra, I just, it's, I, yeah. And Michelob's no. not really that bad. I was talking to my mom. My mom was in town recently. 
And, you know, fortunately for her to be as old as she is up in her 50s, I could still get her to try different stuff and new stuff Mm -hmm. because she likes beer. But I think just because she sees what I'm doing, she'll try anything that I give her. And she's had some really good craft beers. But we've been talking about different beers recently and how Michelob is like, you know, a kind of step up from like, you know, more of a premium I guess it's you could good. say it's, yeah, it's not like bad for all day, like sitting by the pool, like Michael. It's, it's you know, it's pretty good. Well, straight it's up, when I'm playing beer pong, I don't want, I don't want a heavy, complicated right. palate bomb. Right. I want something simple that I don't have to think about because I'm not drinking the beer because I'm trying to enjoy a beer. I'm right. trying to win a beer pong game, <laughs> so I want it to go down smooth. Right. If you ever play beer pong, make sure you're on the team with Ashley or Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good, I will say. I, I definitely annihilated a game I did recently. What beer did you bring? Yeah, what's everybody drinking oh, right now? Yes. Okay, yeah, let's so do let's that. see what I got. So you guys have had Fontaflora, right? Yes, I just they, had the most recent uh, women's bottle share. Perfect. They're from I have not, North, and I'm very nothing. excited to try Okay, it. cool. It's well, very good. I think this is going to be interesting. They're from um, North Carolina, Nebo, North Carolina. I've never heard of that before. But I like them because they're like your artisan-style uh, brewery, and they use everything fresh, natural, local farmers everything so I just did a haul of their beers like everything I could find at Hop City I was looking to kind of trade some of their stuff but I ended up drinking most of it (laughs) as I actually do (laughs) but some of them I kept on the side to you know kind of give away and this one was the Yes Yes Y'all it's an IPA with turmeric and black peppercorns (gasps) so this is going to be very interesting I'm excited can I get get like a boomerang of the can please take I love the can art and all of their can art is like that it's all wrapped around and it's consistent and that's one thing, you know, can art, just side topic. As much as I like to see some very, you know, attractive and cool stuff, you know, you want it to look like candy in the candy shop and which piece of candy do I want? I like consistency with the brewery so that, you know, if I'm looking for a certain pattern or certain design or things in there, I know it's this brewery. I think Orpheus does a great job with that, especially with their designer. I can always cue one of their beers, it, even with such a distinct design that they do have. I um, mean, I think Fonta Flora kind of delivers well on that. I'm just it's damn it good. Noise. I apologize. Um, Can I open this? Yes. Okay, open cool. it. I am currently sipping uh, some space lettuce that I still have. Ooh. I was scared <laughs> to say it out loud because I thought people were going to climb up the balcony and you knew like, they would. climb in the door and be like, well, you said space lettuce? It would just be me. <laughs> space lettuce is so good. I think I still have a can, I have a can somewhere. Oh, yeah. Mine is gone. I don't even know if I got a can this last round. I think I was out of town when they... Um, did the release at the brewery? Yeah, and yeah, and I tried to come back and I couldn't get any more. It's it's great, but I, I had it on tap. I don't care how hyped up it is or how, cause like it's delicious. I don't know what the problem is with people wanting to shit on beer that's popular simply simply because it's popular. If it's popular and it sucks and people are still trying to pretend like it's cool, then I get it. But like if it's just damn good beer and you want to shit on it solely because it's popular i don't i don't get that yeah yeah you know moving up here to atlanta has been kind of fun and different because one thing i can say with transitioning from tampa to atlanta uh with the beer scene tampa's beer scene was booming right when i left you had a lot of big breweries up Mm -hmm. and coming doing a lot of things everyone knows about angry chair now angry chair was my local brewery and (laughs) i'm angry because Uh, you guys are taking all the beer no what's his name um smooth jay he was telling me about angry chair jason me and him are really good friends yeah he was uh he was messaging me on instagram about you he was like oh my gosh she's one of my girls yeah he's trying to get us to go down there and do like oh he'll take good care of you he'll take good care of you and if you ever go to tampa let me know because that's my old stumping ground so yeah um, Copper Tail, actually one of my very good, uh, uh, well, old co-workers and very good friends. Um, that's how 
getting into beer, starting my craft beer journey, going to a beer festival back in 2014 or 15, Tampa Bay oh, Beer wow. Fest. And I remember going out there. First of all, I didn't know how to look like me. And then secondly, um, I was out there and I didn't know anything. So I'm just trying beer, trying beer. Oh, let me sample this. Let me sample that. 15 samples in, I'm about to die. And <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Seriously. 30, 45 minutes. Nobody said anything. I didn't know what I was doing, but I went out there and I sit down eat me like a meatball sub. And then I see my coworkers come up and I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, what are you doing here? This is my beer festival. And I was like, oh, this is your beer festival? So that That's also, awesome. yeah, that helped a ton because I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are like, you know, I didn't know you were into beer. I'm like, yeah. So they really start putting me onto stuff and telling me places to go. And um, the, the, the blogger network and like, you know, just more of the... I have a better network of people here, you know, like yeah. uh, just people who have a stronger interest in beer. Um, not to say that it didn't exist at all in Tampa, but I literally felt left out. Yeah. And I mean, everywhere I looked, it, it wasn't even women in breweries when I would go in breweries. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my last breweries, I, well, last time I went to a brewery in Tampa, which was probably when I met up with Smooth J, mm-hmm. um, was there was this older white guy there and he was with his wife. And they were just kind of passing through and I was talking about the menu and I was wondering why he was staring at me because you could be staring at me for several reasons. And he was just so shocked that I was a woman who knew what was on the menu. It's amazing when men see a woman like in the wild that knows things <laughs> about beer and they're like. Right. That isn't Ugh. trying to order a glass of wine at a brewery. Yeah. They're right. Like, they're like, do I have a boner? Am I insulted right, right. now? I don't get it. And I knew his wife didn't know shit. She, like, <laughs> she didn't even speak English, but he was so shocked. Like I knew so much about beer and that's usually what it is. It's like, you know, I, it's not that it was a hassle or a struggle, but. It was, you know, a matter of like, you know, when I walk into breweries, I'm always getting challenged because usually because one, I'm a woman. It could be because I'm black. It could be because anything. I think mostly because I'm a woman and they're not used to women coming in and knowing beer. And for me, it's like I'm all, I'm just on this other side just being defensive because I didn't ask you what a growler was. I asked you what's in your growler. So just mm-hmm. let me know. Yeah. And now here I am about to snap on you because you want to tell me over and over what a growler is. And I'm about to throw a 64 ounce punch upside your head <laughs> if you don't tell me what's in the growler. Right. <laughs> that's not what I asked right. you. That's not what I asked you. I know it's I know what it is, yeah. but here it's like coming into a community within like the first week. I met so many people. I came up here right when um Tio from Dope and Dank came down and did an event at Scofflaw. That's so cool. Yeah, so I was able to network with a ton of people and kind of meet a lot of the people who I mostly, you know, kind of network with now and kind of chill with now yeah. through my beer network. And yeah, it's been great. It's been such a, a great community here. The beer community here is solid. It's open. It's consistent. People aren't out here, you know, trying to, you know, flex or do stuff to get put on or stand. You know, it's just like- And if they do, they get called out. They get called out. Yeah. Oh, we know it. Yeah. Yeah, we know it. We know when it's not about the beer. Yes. Well, and and especially like being here for five years too, because you've been here for kind of like the birth of a lot of different breweries. So how has kind of like- the landscape changed since you started to where you are now, like in the brewery scene, but also like who you see at breweries too. Oh, yes. That's been fun. Yeah. That's why I document my journey. And um, I would say like being in Tampa and watching the beer scene boom there. By the time I left, I think Hidden Springs was probably the latest and newest brewery by the time I left. That's awesome. That was probably the list. So you had Coppertail, which going to that grand opening. Yeah, right. Sorry. See you next week. And then you had Angry Chair that popped up. And you had 
Oh, maybe Seventh Son. Well, Seventh Son was after I left too. They moved into Tampa from Dunedin. That's super cool. Watching like, you know, them boom and then seeing like the quality of the beer and stuff kind of come into shape and to mold. And then watching like the different breweries figure out their own craft with what styles they specialize in. I really like that. And then moving to Atlanta, I came here when it was still in that we're getting there. We're up and coming. We're still new. Some of your breweries might have been cool breweries and stuff, but not all the way trusted. I feel like. Tropicalia and Creatures Comfort was all that was talked about when I moved here less yeah. than two years ago. Chopra. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a guy come into a beer uh, a beer market I was at, and he asked for Tropicalia. It was Smyrna Beer Market. Came in, asked for Tropicalia. They didn't have it on tap. He left. Mm. Wow. That was so stupid. Me and my mom tried that beer, and we are like, we're from Florida. Where's the tropical? Right. And speaking speaking <laughs> of stupid, you have this badass shirt that you wear places that I see. I can't remember verbatim what it is, but it's like... Black people love beer or black oh, people yes, drink black beer. Oh, yes, black people love what? beer. Like, so, so tell me your experience or your opinion on why why is it such a concept or, or, or a novel idea that black people can enjoy craft beer? It's so important. That shirt, shout out to Dope and Dank, Tio, who are That's now so opening up uh, Crowns and, um, crap, what is it called? Crowns and Hops. I think they're opening a, a storefront location or some type of beer-related venue scene. I have to go back and double-check all the details because they just launched that news. But nice. that's who made that shirt, Black People Love Beer. And he's one of my longtime like, online beer pals as well, like, from years in. Like, that's he's so cool. He always jokes about, like, I remember I used to ask you for hashtags. Could I use your hashtags? <laughs> back in the day, I didn't know. That's a thing, but, too. <laughs> it oh, is a thing. Hash- I, we get messages all the time. Ashley's freaking killer with our hashtags, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been doing the hashtag thing for a minute. That's it's always great. been, yeah, it's always very helpful. It's more of a science than people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of strategy on there. But, um, uh, yeah, black people love beer. I love it. It's a it's an important statement to make, and it's something for people to see. Because we do drink beer, and we're out there. And to answer your other question about the beer ch- scene changing, I can't necessarily say if it's really a matter of I'm starting to see more diversity in beer or on the scene when I go out to breweries or if it's really just me moving from Florida into Atlanta where there's a lot of culture here. Right. That's true. So I I, I think it's a, a, a mix of both, maybe a half and half. Maybe it is truly, you know, it is half of it's the culture here in Atlanta. You should expect to see a little bit more diversity in any setting or anywhere you go. I could be in Tampa at a cigar bar, which Tampa is cigar city. Yeah. How many black people do you think I see sitting in cigar bars? Not as many as I see here. Right. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, a, a matter of half and half. But I do think that, you know, there is definitely some more diversity in craft beer showing up. I can say that because I've been doing this for years and I know what my influence is and who I brought into the beer scene. People who have said they'll never, never drink beer, never try this, never do that. And now... They're over here like drinking IPAs every day. I'm like, why don't you just start an IPA page? <laughs> like, you're just the IPA queen, aren't you? Yeah. And some of my friends, I'm just kind of like, what do you think? You're a beer blocker now? <laughs> you're really cute, huh? So, <laughs> like, yeah, this but it's, is what I am. But it's so fun and it's so cool. And I like it and I need it because, you know, um, if I, I was introduced to beer outside of college, but if I didn't go to college, I wouldn't know what craft beer is. Yeah. I'm still telling people today, most people I meet, nine out of 10 of them, if they black and they look like me, I'm telling them what craft, what is what is craft beer? Or they're like, what did you say? Like, they're asking me when I say I'm a craft beer blogger, they're like, a what? And I'm like, I just said craft beer blogger. Does that not make sense to you? <laughs> Those are some simple words. You know what a blogger is. You know what beer is. Just ask, well, what is the craft? Like, I got that dumb, y'all got, what's craft beer blogger? <laughs> 
gosh, if I was a newspaper editor, would you ask the same thing? Right, but, exactly. But yeah, um, starting to, definitely starting to see more diversity. And I can say that just from... You know, just some things that have happened over the last couple of years. There's a black black beer festival now um, that's out in Pitt, Pittsburgh, done by Black Brew Culture. That's it's called awesome. Fresh Beer Fest. Yeah, and last year was their first festival. So that's, that's how so I know cool. that craft beer is changing. That's really cool. Yeah. But also, like having these festivals that are centered on different demographics is really important. Like Dames like and Dregs. Mm-hmm. Dames and Dregs. Having it. Shout out to Dames and Dregs. Because, I mean, like Louise and Rebecca, they, we keep bragging about them, but it's just, I mean, the, the festival, because a lot of times, like women will look at things to do and they're like, what is there to do? Women's Beer Festival. And they're like, oh, like this is a good way for me to be in a safe place and learn about right. beer, try different beers. Dames and Dregs was Fucking killer. Phenomenal. How was that? They're magical. For a first First year year. execution. Exactly. I'm so... This year's going to be killer. It's not even so much that I'm like not, you know, I I was surprised or anything with the execution of it. I was just so thankful and grateful that it delivered that way. Mm -hmm. Yes. I saw one drunk person. One. Yeah, it was not you, girl. I know. It was a dude. No, no, no. It was that dude who was like, he was like... Oh, we thought we were going to have to put him in a lift. It was so funny. But only one, though. For a festival, that's good. Great location, timing, weather. Everything was perfect. Great great selection of breweries. It's like, these are the people who we want to be putting on beer festivals. These are the people that we want to be putting on events for us that know this is what we're looking for in this type of experience. Because I have been going to... I stopped going to beer festivals in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Because, um, not to be too specific with who puts out what... Everybody's out here doing their dang thing. But there are certain beer festivals in people's cities that are put on by larger, you know, companies. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. So some I've reached out to a couple of them and they're like, hmm. Right. And even those festivals, though, when I go there and I'm thinking of a beer festival and I'm thinking of a big beer festival and it's saying craft beer, Mm -hmm. I'm expecting there to be local breweries there. And I'm expecting craft beer. I'm not expecting for me to see my big five or I'm not expecting to see which I usually see, my Goose Islands or stuff like that. Mm. That's not my craft beer. Yeah. I don't want to see that. If anything, okay, New Belgium's cool. I like New Belgium. Yeah. Um, I, I don't come across Sierra Nevada like that, but there's some, you know, macro breweries that are a little bit more craft scale. Even Sam Adams that I would prefer to see out there. I don't want to see all of these other major breweries out here when y'all are calling this a craft beer festival. Right, right, right. Yeah. This is not craft beer. And it's so basic and it's so ugh. And it's just like... This is for people who want to come put pigeon piss in their cup, parlay around, and give them butt light shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give them butt light shirts. Like, right. Yeah. Just because y'all don't have butt light hair don't mean y'all, y'all not tricking me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want my real craft beer. And Absolutely. then I have four local breweries and seven in Georgia total. And yeah. it's like, this experience was $50, $60. If I'm going to give $50, $60, I'm going to give it to Southern Grist on this upcoming Saturday yeah. where I have... 50, I'm already drunk thinking about it. Yeah. And I already know they're going to be bringing some great breweries and local breweries and breweries from out of that region in that area that are craft and, you know, we're making it that celebrated experience, not... Not some of the stuff that I see across here. So I like Dames and Dregs. Dames they, and Dregs they is fun. Set the bar. They just really, um, just the way that they like curated everything. They like every part of the day was so scheduled in a way that it felt effortless, but 
there was always something going on. Like they had that band that was walking through. They had like the bio queen. They had right. like the unlike panels a, throughout unlike the Unlike a lot of other festivals where there's sometimes like dark periods where mm-hmm. nothing's going on and you're sort of like waiting around for the next thing. There was always something going on. You walked out of one thing, you go and get a new beer and then you go, oh shit, either I'm going to get a bite to eat or there's another panel to listen to, to or there's music right. or... There's Let me get ready because what time on. you performing? Boom, boom, boom. We got to be over there at this time or we got to go see such and such on the panel. And it was we over be- before we knew it, it because was, oh, we were having right, so much fun. So much fun. And one thing that I actually loved about it too was it wasn't clicky at all. No, it, it was wasn't. Everybody, because you know how sometimes you go to beer festivals and it gets like, clicky. Yeah. Everybody's like, got their camp. They all chill under their tent. Yeah. Like this was everybody was, I, I was walking around. The whole day. I was talking to different people, going to different stands. And constantly like, seeing other breweries in other breweries' tents. Right. Yeah, that, that was, was another cool. thing. That was super cool. That was amazing. Um, I actually, service brewing, I got to meet Savannah and them uh, at the uh, festival. And great women running a brewery over there uh, in Savannah, our service in Savannah. And um, they sent me beer before. Like, that was one of my first times getting beer mailed to me from a brewery, Brewery Direct, some of their anniversary beer. Really cool, great stuff, great people. Like, it was just such an amazing time. I was out there like, I got to get over there. (laughs) Once I had a couple beer, I got to get over there. (laughs) Help. (laughs) It was great. I met so many people there. Um, Great. A great opportunity to network. So great, great opportunity to, you know, um, just try some new beers, meet some new people, get in good with your brewery. For me, as a blogger, it's like getting in good with my breweries. Yeah. Like, my local breweries have to know me. My roommate just told my mom when she was in town, he was like, I took Chris to this brewery and stuff for her birthday, and I know she likes beer and stuff, but we went in there, and they were like, hey, it's Chris. What you drinking? Yeah. And he was like, I felt like royalty. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, I'm least, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That leads me to my next question. What was the... In your five years of doing this, what was the moment where you were like, oh shit, this is popping off? Mm-hmm. Funky Buddha. <laughs> it was maybe two, three years ago. I don't know who that was from Funky Buddha going back and forth with me, but don't go toe to toe with me. Mm-hmm. I will Muhammad Ali, pop, pop, <laughs> boom, boom, bang, bang, one to the face, two to the gut, pop. And you know what it was? But that was another educational moment for me because still being early in my blogging days, um, Whenever, and just in general, whenever you have a problem, always be able to provide a solution. So there were times very early on where there were beers that, you know, if I didn't feel they were perfectly executed to my liking, I would let you know Mm -hmm. they were not executed to my liking. Um, Versus, you know, now it's like, if I don't like the beer, then I'll post it, but you won't see me review it or you won't see me highlight it or give it anything. And that should let you know enough that I didn't care too much for that beer. I don't want to turn my breweries off. They work really hard on that It's also way less draining for you as as a blogger. Because you don't have to, you don't have to think about like, okay, how can I critique this in a way that isn't me shitting all over them? Right. You can be like, I'm only gonna put out what I, what I'm loving, and right. the rest can just be left to the right. side. And then I have to be honest too, but it, there's a tasteful way to do things. Exactly. And back then, I had no idea. This was just me on an Instagram page posting my opinion in beer. I wasn't thinking about being a blogger. Right. I wasn't thinking about where will this uh, passion or this interest or this hobby take me in years to come. Yeah. I had no idea that I'd be out here educating people on craft beer, doing a documentary, doing yes, all the yes. Was, yeah, oh, uh, okay, we've got to talk about this. We've got no, to talk we can, about we this. can make so that sad. wait just like the film has been waiting. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea that you know my, my 
my my passion and my hobby would turn into, you know, me building a brand. Yeah. So back then when, you know, there was a beer from Funky Buddha, long story short, some beers taste best on tap. Yeah. Knowing what I know now and how to communicate it, that's how I would have said it then. I didn't say it that way, but what I was trying to get across was some beers transfer better on tap. For example, Funky Buddha makes dessert style L's, great dessert style L's, the peach uh, blueberry uh Blueberry uh, peach cobbler or whatever, blueberry cobbler one. Um, they have the sweet uh, sweet potato casserole. Really good Ooh. dessert. Yeah, really great dessert style beers that I've had on tap. Yeah, and I've had great. I've had them paired and mixed with other nitro beers and all the amazing beers. And then I go to purchase them and I take them home in the bottle and they taste like. Something, like yeah, shouldn't. trash. Right. It, it's like, is it spoiled? Is it bad? Why does it taste so nasty over here? And maybe it's just a matter of certain stuff that I've realized after several times of drinking their dessert style L's, they taste best on tap. They mm-hmm. don't transfer well in that bottle. Is it like the flavor profile that doesn't transfer I think it well, is the flavor or? profile. And that's the only time I've ever complained about something like that is with a dessert style L. Mm-hmm. Decadent L's is another brewery that I think executes their dessert style L's on the high level of like a funky Buddha and mm-hmm. a popular level like that and really good. And I know that they can stuff, but their stuff seems like it transfers better when they put it in the can. I've never had it on tap. But mind you, coming from a tap experience and then going to take something home and it don't taste like that. For me being very new to it, I was very turned off. And, you know, I mentioned it and I didn't know back then, you know, oh, nobody's running that social media that's a big PR business. It's the brewery. So they ended up saying stuff back and forth to me. And I'm going back and forth with Funky Buddha about their beer and how nasty it is. Now we finna go toe to toe. And that's not what I wanted from it. But believe it or not, a lot of followers kind of, a lot of my people, our people on Instagram started following me or started, you know, gaining an interest because I was opinionated and I didn't back down and I said what I thought. And they were like, wow, you're kind of bold for saying that. And I'm just like, I paid this. I can say whatever I want to say. Right. But, you know, if I want Funky Buddha to sponsor something for me now or send me beer and stuff, I don't want that kind of relationship to be set up that they say we can't trust her or her. You know, she might come out here and, you know, say something crazy or this and that. So, um, yeah, learning experience. But that was kind of a breaking moment for me. That's pretty cool. Back in the day, yeah. That's the thing. It's just like, it's very much a learning experience because you don't realize the impact that you have and you also don't realize who talks, right? So you don't know who's talking to each other. So you say this thing about this one brewery, you don't know who their friends are, yada, yada, yada. Want to open that cadence? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's totally fine. We're empty. Um, but yeah, like in, it's a learning. It's a it's a quick learning experience right. of like yeah. you have you have no idea the impact you have. You think you're just running this little right. circle, and then it reaches a big brewery that comes back at you, which contacts all their people. Right. So. And I then who, who knew anyone was paying attention? I had no idea anyone was paying attention to me like that. But that's why I value now. I truly value my title, and um, you know, as a Influencer. Right. Oh, yeah, let me finish that. I don't want to fuck up the flavor. Um, I value, you know, my title and my position as an influencer. I know it's real. When I tell people we're drinking this, they're drinking it. If I say don't drink it, they won't drink it. And breweries know that. There's not a brewery now that if I don't post their beer, if, if I post your beer and I tag you and I shout you out and you don't like my post at least, I'm going to let people know. I'm not happy with that. Yeah. And last thing you well, want from me now, five years later, is to be letting people know I'm not happy with it. Because before when I let people know I wasn't happy with it, they liked it. But now when I'm doing it in a, a tasteful, classy way, you know, it's like... 
for anybody who's kind of getting started, like they think that they want to like be an influencer or if like, you know, just for people like us, we've got our podcasts, like what are, what's your advice for like not only gaining a following, but keeping your following and keeping that loyal following? Stay organic. Mm -hmm. I'm a digital marketer. Mm -hmm. I've been doing digital advertising before people were really going online to purchase stuff unless it was something that they had to purchase online through Amazon. People were still using eBay back then. Like, you know, stay <laughs> stay organic. I have never purchased a follower and I refuse to purchase oh, a flyer. Of course. I've never you can always tell when people you do. You can though. tell when people do. You can totally tell. You can tell. It's so obvious. Because and the it's... followers versus the interaction. Right. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily you're paying Instagram to promote, you pay for followings. You'll reach out to somebody and you'll ask them, oh, repost this or share this or put me out there and do all of this and this and that. And to be honest with you, it's a lot of interaction to keep up with. Yeah. Right. You have to be very excuse me, interactive and um, as challenging as that is, I keep up with it and I do it. But maintaining that following and stuff is very difficult, but that's why you have to be organic. You have exactly. to be yourself. Exactly. And also- The beer's coming back. I know. <laughs> there are apps. There are apps you can download yeah. that are essentially following chains. Mm -hmm. So when you sign up for that app, you are submitting to a following chain of millions plus and they all follow each other but nobody's actually engaging in your in what you're posting. Nobody gives a shit what you're saying. Right. They just want followers. And that yeah. reflects in, in your influence. That's it's why not enough just to have a bunch of followers. Right. Yeah. Because when, you, you when know, your engagement is down too, like, because you really want like 10% engagement. Right. And yeah, you know what's what's crazy is that that's why I do the uh um the series and the challenges. Mm -hmm. That keeps the engagement up. And I have to give people what they want. I was <laughs> Talking to one of my friends recently about something, and um, she has her own brand. It's a cooking brand. And I asked her about something cooking for it, and she was like, Oh, that's not what the brand's about. It's more of me just giving my, you know, uh, experiences through cooking and kind of giving people a digital cookbook type thing. That's And cool. I was like, Yeah, it's really cool. But I'm like, You know, when we see your brand and we see your name, we want food. We don't want to see something online. We want food from you when you yeah. put together stuff. And she's like, well, I'm not going to conform to stuff. But I'm like, but, well, when I conformed, <laughs> yeah, it worked out for me. And now I get free beer when I go places. But um, with the brand and building up and stuff, sometimes it's a matter, too, of giving people what they want. Um, I, there was a point in time where, you know, I was just doing this for fun and people started asking stuff and they started expecting stuff from me. And that's where I got pushed into now being, you know, an influencer who educates. So, you know, granted, maybe I did conform, but, you know, at some point you have to start seeing that people are asking, you know, hey, I need to know how. I had a, a guy friend of mine say, I took this girl out and she asked me about this beer and I didn't know what to tell her. And uh, I picked out this beer and she said, pick me out a beer and I picked out something I ain't heard from her since. So I need to know when I'm going out, what kinds of, you know, people are asking stuff like this. And I started realizing, oh, wow, step back for a second because I'm into this experience for my own reasons. There are a lot of people out here who look like me, who don't drink beer, who don't come from families or homes where they're, they have even knowledge of beer and stuff, and they're, they're needing to be educated. And whether I want it to be my position to be the educator, that's what they're looking to me for. Yeah. And that's what I started, you know, whether that's what I wanted my brand to be built off of, I was expecting by now, oh, I'm going to have my own show doing blah, blah, this and this and that. And that wasn't what it was. It's more important for me to be out here educating people and making sure I'm putting stuff out there so that, you know, as a, a black educated woman working in a corporate company, the last thing you want to do is be at an event or somewhere with clients and people high up and important people and everyone's drinking beer and craft beer and you over there turning your nose up at it. 
Yeah. Or you're so, you know, you're out there and they're asking about what beer you like and everyone's talking about beer and they're enjoying that experience and you're like literally ignorant to it. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, well, I, I don't know. That That's not cool. Yeah. And we didn't work this hard to be sitting at the table and have a seat at the table if we don't even know what we finna eat or what we finna drink. So if I can do anything, you know, as an educated woman of color to educate my people, that's my job. Yeah. And even if it's just my own personal interest in it being beer. I enjoy beer. And I know people see me over there like, what's that she's drinking? I'm going to tell you what you're drinking. I'm also tell you how to find something else like that for yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, speaking of being educated, what is this uh, documentary? Yeah. Yes, documentary. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. Okay. So, I've been working on a documentary for over a year. And actually, since I probably moved up here to Atlanta. Over a year now. Uh, I have not filmed in a very long time, but I'm getting back to it just because I've been, you know, just doing some other stuff, needing some time for it. But now is a perfect time for me to film because there's so much stuff going on. I started a documentary, um, filming a documentary about a year or so ago, and it's called Why Black People Don't Drink Beer. And it's exploring minorities in craft brewing. So, yeah, it covers, you know, that's what I like about this. For one, I'll tell you, this is why I'm so happy I decided to do it. It... Free range. This is all... I could say whatever I want to say, do whatever I want to do, position this documentary however I want to document it because at this point in time, there's nobody truly out there documenting minorities in craft beer, even major brewing associations. Mm-hmm. So if y'all are not going to count us in the numbers, then if I'm out here with the only vetted list of minority breweries in America and I'm telling you I've vetted it for years and I can't even get over 100... Then I get to put, yeah, I get to put together my documentary about minorities in craft brewing and talk about those different aspects of even consumption and distribution. Wow. You know, there's a reason why you walk in a brewery or I walk in a brewery, well, you walk in a brewery and you see a lot of people who look like you. And when I walk a brewery and I barely see anybody who looks like me, there's a reason for that. It could be because of community. It could be because of education. It could be because of the taste. Or there could truly be some barriers right now that we're not talking about in the elephant in the room to say, you know, well, why are there 2019, probably 6,700 plus microbreweries here in the nation and I can only get a list of 100 minority, ain't ain't black, minority owned craft breweries vetted list. Wow. My list does not peak past 70, I got to check again, it's probably up to about 90 as of now with recent breweries kind of opening and establishing some brands, but I'm telling you, I post stuff all the time. I go to people who I know can send me resourceful information. I go to those breweries directly and ask them, are you such and such? I don't care if y'all got five people in there and one person is half of this, it still counts. But it's just like, you know, people are looking for that representation. If I'm going to be a black person drinking beer, the first thing I'm going to ask is, where's the black beer? Right. Yeah. Well, you want to you want to support your own community. You want right. to support people who are doing things like you. Like, you know, like with any female-owned breweries or anything. Like, I, we always want to just build them up. And that is incredibly shocking to me. Right. I would have never guessed that it was less than 100 a minorities. Less. Right. And, and is that in the nation? Well, that's in the nation from what I've come across. And, wow. um, but, but mind you, what brewer association is actually out here counting minority craft brewers. None of them, ha- or at least when I started this documentary, that was not something that was being documented or accounted for. We yeah. we as people of color have no representation in craft beer. Yeah. And it can't just be a Nielsen poll because y'all done went over here to this town to sub-zero over this area and ask that one person who gonna represent all of that area in that right. town. 
what they think about beer. And now that's what you think that this area over here with these minorities think about beer. Not, that's not going to happen. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that's why, you know, like I said, I, I'm an educated woman. I have to use my power and my resources for stuff that's important. You know, a legacy, you know, making sure that even if I'm not opening a craft beer brewery or if I'm not brewing my own beer, that people around me who even have a subtle interest or didn't even know they had a subtle interest in that are, you know, educated on it so they can know this is out there for me because yeah. some of them don't even know that it's out there for them and some people who I've introduced to beer who had no idea about craft beer are doing things in craft beer now that I'm shocked yeah I'm shocked they're home brewing they're That's out awesome. doing yeah I'm just like wow you you really enjoy beer and you yeah. found your footing in it it's really cool to see that too with people who like really enjoy what they're doing and like can like can find their space in something that they wouldn't have found before so I think the, the documentary is incredible. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited for it. It's been really good. It's been fun. Right about now, um, a lot of stuff has changed in the last year or so, and it is more diverse now so that I can definitely talk to a lot of points that I want to get, you know, more in-depth interviews with people who I, you know, think will be able to to provide some very good perspectives on stuff. And um, yeah, I'm getting back into that soon, which brings me to my next point. Yes. Go for it. Ooh, a little fun fact. Oh, excuse me. This beer is coming up. I know, girl. <laughs> Burp break. <laughs> also, this cadence, Pinot Noir barrel-aged cadence, we just got it when we were at Reformation. It's delicious. That's what it is. Um, Reformation has a lot of barrel-aged and like um, special releases that they did. And I just had the Chardonnay, I had the Jude Triple Chardonnay Barrel Reserve for Valentine's Day. Was oh, it delicious? Was delicious. Their beer's really good. We had a beer slushy there the other day. Mm. That was really good. It was their like sour something, sour ale. Yeah, that sounds good. It was really good. But yes, yes. great news. I've curated an event. I'm going to hold off on the name until I have the actual date secured for it. But let's call it right now the ultimate craft experience. Ooh. So yeah, I'm going to be, uh, well, I've curated this event after years and years of doing this beer blog and stuff and trying to figure out what it is that I want to do, how do I want to get my brand out there. I've always wanted to do events. I curate events all the time, whether it's stuff at home or, you know, something that someone needs on a major scale. I can do it all. But I've been trying to figure out, you know, what do I want in a, a beer experience and what is it that I'm looking for? You know, I've been to beer festivals, I've been to events, I've been around everywhere. And even if it's something that is, for me, is going to literally be a great introductory to craft beer for people who don't know craft beer, that's what the event is going to be kind of more so focused on. Um, I'm definitely, you know, very excited about it. I think it's going to bring some new stuff to the uh to the beer atmosphere. So yes. plan to dress up, wear something nice. <gasps> yeah, yeah. That's one thing. One thing I don't like is that, you know, I, the beer festivals, they're fun. I'm ripping and running outside. But sometimes I want to dress up and look good. Nobody really knows how sexy I am. And I'm That's always true. hiding I'm behind always in, like, these beer and shirts yeah. and all these jeans and stuff. And like, I look like a lumberjack online. So I want people to see how sexy <laughs> <laughs> I want people to see how sexy I truly am because I like to dress up and yeah, dress girl. nice. So kind of bringing that aspect of, you know, wearing something nice and cute and um, pairing some beers. I've uh, not seen a consistency with a lot of events with beer pairings mm -hmm. and food. And um, I think that that's something important for people to kind of have, especially being introduced to beer. Let me get this food that complements with this beer. It's usually more digestible, easier to drink, um, just just easier on the palate for a lot of people who are new to beer. But pairing for me is something that I want to see. I like pairing foods, even if it's cheeses or something with beer. And I like when you use beers in the actual food. So saucing it up Ooh. with the beer. So yeah, a little something like that. And That's then awesome. um, a lot of my background, even if you guys don't know, like I, um, I'm also a little entertainer too. I do comedy and stuff. So 
back when I was in Florida, I used to uh, do an open mic and stuff with a team of people back there. And um, I love artistry. I love live music. I love artists and um, giving some artists a platform. So I'm probably going to have a live artist there, probably may raffle off some art. We'll see, might do a live art, raffle it off or auction it or something. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, have a little art aspect to it, some music and stuff. And just everything that I like with my type of vibes and, you know, a setting also with the craft beer and um, looking into securing some sponsors from some local breweries that I think would yes. be great for it. That's awesome. Have great beers that they do a lot for me, so I love to do a lot for them and put their names and brands out there in front of Do you everybody. have a projected date? I'm looking between May and June. It will nice. probably Hell be yeah. in May. That's awesome. Yeah, because June's probably going to be a travel time for me. I'm thinking maybe it's it's either a week or I got to figure out the week. Or right. Time. We but would, yes, we would love summer. to be there. Please. Yes, you guys are going to be there. Be there. Oh, I should have this solidified. <laughs> All my details kind of wrapped up by the end of this month, and then some promo and stuff out by mid March, end of March at the latest. Yes. So you guys at least know what it is. Secure the date, plan there. it, and then yeah, I'm I'm so excited about it. Oh, congratulations! So Thank so you. Exciting. I'm excited. I think it'd be dope. And then by then, I'll start back filming. That's awesome. <laughs> like, well, I'm you so know, I, so I run the Georgia Documentary Film Festival. You told me that. So whenever you're, whenever it's ready, you send it to me, and we'll, you know, we've got to have it. I think I, I want to look at it, and yeah. Yeah. Just to be able to screen it here at a Georgia festival would be really great. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to push it out, but I'm being patient with it. Because knowing what I know now about filming experiences like this, it could take me 20 years, but at mm -hmm. least, you know, I'm documenting this and that's important. Yeah. That how, people know what's going on in craft beer right now. That's true. And uh, how long will it be? I have a, I'm going to break it out into a series. Oh, that's a, that's a great that's idea. A bit, that's it's going to be a two idea. to three part series. More so because of how <laughs> I have it. Uh, I don't have all those notes in front of me, but how I have it set up with the different sections that I'm going to kind of harp on mm -hmm. um, for craft beer. So art, not art craft beer but just in general about beer I think it'll work best if I do it in series that's a great idea so yeah expect to see maybe two to three series very engaging in depth and um yeah I got some good interviews so far with some people and some breweries and some up-and-coming brewers and now that they're kind of in their groove of things it's a perfect time to come back and interview again and kind of see where they are with stuff it is no secret, Ash and I are huge fans of the Atlanta Beer Bus, and we have some pretty exciting news. Atlanta Beer Bus loves us back and loves all of you back. We have an exclusive code for Bitch Beer listeners. BB20 will get you 20% off your ticket. And uh, where can they find their tickets, Caroline? Uh, if you go to atlantabeerbus.com, you can see the full schedule, and you can look at all the breweries you can go to. You can book either a public tour. You can do a private tour if you want to, if you've got a bachelorette party, if you've got Ooh. some girlfriends in town. If you know that you've got a family member coming in, they have early bird specials where you can book your tickets in advance for even cheaper. And, I mean, the whole thing with the beer buses, it's pretty great because you don't have to drink and drive. If you're at Second Self and you want to go to Scofla, hop on the bus. They make it easy. It's really fun. They have a beer nerd on the bus that'll tell you about each brewery. It's a really, really, really fun experience. And they recently added a Decatur route where you can stop at places like Wild Heaven and brew pubs like Twain's and Brickstore, which is not something yes. they were doing before. And Wrecking Bar, too. And the Porter. Go see Molly Gunn. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> if all of that sounds incredible to you, then you should take the opportunity as a Bitch Beer listener to use code BB20 to get 20% off your tickets. And you can use the code for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
And again, 20% off your ticket. You're getting money off of your ticket. It's already pretty cheap to get on this bus considering how many places you can go. So if this weekend you're thinking you'd like to have a couple beers or if you'd like to drink half of Atlanta, use code BB20 at AtlantaBeerBus.com. What beer is making you the most excited in the city right now? What beer has me excited? Well, first of all, I got to say, one of my favorite beers is Space Lettuce. It's so good. It's so limited, but it's so good. And this is when I first came. This is a, a memorable beer because when I first got to Atlanta, Space Lettuce was the hype. Yeah. And it was like, if you can find this beer, get your hands. I still have my first can of it. Um, and I do too, a, actually. Yeah, it's so good. I said my first came up. It was a great, exceptional double IPA beer, and I didn't. I don't think I had been introduced to that many double IPAs at the time. Mm. Now these days, you can find all type of hybrid mm-hmm. IPAs. Yeah, they might as well sell those with like exotic animals. <laughs> yeah, right? Is anybody else like, empty? I am. I'm almost empty. That okay. um, that sh- <clears throat> what was that? Was that that? That was that the cadence. Beer? Cadence. It's a little boozy, right? It's What's the percentile? It's not terrible. 8.0, so 8. <laughs> okay, what, do, what do we want to try next? I think that does tell you that 8% hits me a little bit. Right. <laughs> what, what was the other one that you brought? Oh, Is yes, we have to try this. Please tell me you guys have had 450 North. I know. Well, this will be our first time all together trying yes. the notorious 450 North. Where are they Bay, out of? Indiana. Okay. Um, not Indianapolis. They're a little bit farther out on the outskirts. Columbus, India, uh, Columbus, Indiana. Oh, so cool. 450 Nuggets is like the most, I would probably say, well, okay, so let me tell you guys what's going on in 2019 with my life right now. Yeah, so this one is 450 North. It's the, I think this one is one of their signature original ones. It's the 450 Nugs. And um, their IPAs are freaking awesome. They also have slushy, slushy beers. And they're pretty hard to get their hands on, kind of like the Creature Comforts. Uh, popularity type stuff out in their area. Nice. But right now in 2019, so I'm doing my 2019 beers in 2019. Ooh, wait, you're drinking 2000. I'm, I'm I'm drinking not full not full pours. Okay, people. I was gonna say yes. no judgment. Rest you in your peace. No. <laughs> R.I.P. I'm trying 2019 beers. In 2019. Okay, now, so we're at the end of February. Where are you at now? So I'm supposed to drink about 160 beers per month. Oh, we're at the end of February? Well, uh, we're almost. We just hit the 21st today. Well, I'm we got a week left of February. Let me look in my notebook because I've actually been um, logging all of my beers manually. So I have my notebook here. It looks like we're at... Hmm. <laughs> Counting the ones from today. 125. Damn. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> but okay, so here's the whole thing. Like, I think people are always excited when I bring about challenges and do series and stuff like that. So do I anticipate that I'll try 2,000 beers in this year? No, I do not. But I'm just going to try as many beers as I can, even if that means sipping them. I was at the club with my friend the other day. And he was like, do you want something to drink? And he got a Yingling. And I just... And he was like, I didn't ask you if you wanted any of my drink. I was like, that's 119. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Try a beer. Thank you. I'll be going back and writing in Yingling. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's just something fun to do and kind of keep me on my toes, too, to kind of remember, like, hey, try new beers. Try different beers. Try as many beers as you can. Get your hands on as many stuff as you can. Mm-hmm. Expand your palate. Um, I've done the Super Sour Summer Series. I've done the Oktoberfest. That was stupid as hell. I don't know why I did that. Oh, this Oktoberfest today. Oh, this Oktoberfest today. It's the same damn beer every single day. I was dying. 
Damn, it's kind of crazy. Is your liver okay? My liver is fine. I drink. I only drink beer and water. I drink liquor too. People are like, do you drink liquor? I drink. What uh, what, what liquor. liquor do you like? I'm a whiskey drinker. Me too. I'm a, I keep slow Bourbon. and low in the house. Keep my slow and low with some bitters on the side. I love nice. my slow and low. And then um, I'm a Basil Hayden. Like I love ooh. High West. I love. Ja- I, I love me some just plain old Jameson. I was about to say, I'm too. getting into some scotches this year. Ooh. Oh, and Bullet Bullet Rye is always mm. my jam. I love, they have it at Costco. At Bullet, Bullet Rye. Is they have a big bottle for like, uh, yeah, it's like not that expensive. Hard to know that. Yep. But whatever anyone buys. The perimeter of Costco. Yeah, I drink it. I'm yeah. very, you know, particular and picky about what I drink. Mm-hmm. So. So what's next for you? What, what, oh, besides man, oh, I got the some documentary. stuff to talk to you about. Come on, girl. Mm. So you got a documentary. You got a festival. Working on the planning. documentary, the evergreen documentary is what I'm going <laughs> to call it because <laughs> it's going to be going on all year long. Um, a big thing I want to tell you guys about is Craft Women Connect. So mm, yes, I started a group with a few other women here in Atlanta, Jen from Atlanta Beer Boutique Woo! and then Brittany and Caitlin from Beers A Go-Go and then also Michelle from Excited to Feast. And oh, I yeah. love her. Yes. I met her on the Atlanta beer bus day. She's so sweet. Yes. I love her. Yo, when you go to your beer festivals and stuff, or you're out at different events and stuff, like if you ever look back there, see who volunteering, she might be back there. So look for her. She's so she sweet. She gets plugged into and everything. She just got her her, uh, her, her Cicerone her certification. Cicerone certification. Yeah. I did Which not is know that. Congratulations, to Michelle. Hell yeah, girl. That's I'm getting awesome. my Cicerone certification. Look, I'm so serious about it. I just wrote it down. Christina, get your Cicerone certification. I want to get mine too. <laughs> Is there like an online course where you can do it? Or yeah, and she's going to, I think, you know, that's one of those things that we're discussing. Now. I think she's going to try to put together some type of meetup groups and stuff like if people are interested so that people can kind of test at the same time. That's really cool. Me. Yeah. That's what Study Craft Women Connect is about. So this, the whole premise of this group and why we started it is like um, being a woman of color out here in the craft beer scene. There's not that there aren't other groups of women out here who aren't doing everything and got everything going on. That's not the case at all. Yeah. And um, what it really is, is that a lot of us kind of sat around, you know, one time and kind of talked about how we feel being the only person who looks like you in a group. Yeah. And that's just in general. It could be anybody wherever you are. Yeah. When you are the, even if you're not being singled out, you feel singled out. It's right. like that little black boy on This Is Us, you know? <laughs> Even though those was his brothers and sisters, he knew he was the little black brother. It was singled out. But it's just a matter of, you know, like, even as being as comfortable as I am in other groups and around other women and around other people in craft beer, I, it's not for me. It's for other women of color because this is what's about to happen. Other people, craft beer is really about to get diverse. And we have to make sure that women of color... And women in in general, minority women and women in general have a safe haven and a safe place that they can go to that they know if they need to ask about this, they know if they feel uncomfortable about saying this or that, or I don't know anything about this or, hey, you know, I tried a beer the other day and I don't know where it may go from here. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be sure that they are able to go to a group of women who they feel comfortable with, like, you know, I feel okay here and I feel okay in this setting because... As the person who's educating people on craft beer and yeah. getting people who are not in breweries to go into breweries, there's always that question of, well, do they come up to our door and knock or do we step outside and tell them to come into our door? Right. There has to be a doormat somewhere yeah. in between there. I don't mind being the little doormat, doing my job in well, there. But honestly- Welcoming it's, people. Well, but you know, like, and I was literally just thinking like the first time we met you, it was the first night we met Jen. We mm-hmm. were at Second Self. It was the day that we, uh, we um, interviewed Zuri. 
and a year ago. Exactly a year ago. And it was like we had uh we were at our table. We kind of like we were like we knew that it was like the girls pine out and also Zuri was there and everybody. So we're just kind of standing there. You came right up to us. Uh, yeah, and, I did. And yeah. Like right up to us. You gave us like, you know, like you gave us your card and we like followed you on Instagram. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> and it was like, oh, that was the first made, night. Yeah. It, it was so, but it's like we um we felt so welcomed and because we were so nervous because we're like, you know, like we're starting a podcast about beer and like me personally, I did not know a lot about beer at that time. I was, that's why I kind of like got into it. It was like, I wanted to learn more about it. And, um, but yeah, so it was really cool to have that experience of someone like welcome you in saying like, you're at home now. Like, Hey, like this is an environment where you should feel comfortable to ask questions. And stuff. Right. it was really cool. And who better to welcome you in than you, me, <laughs> There's no one better to welcome you yeah. in than me. I'm thinking about, you know, five years ago when nobody was talking about craft beer, when I stepped into a brewery and it took a lot of faith. It took a lot of individuality. It took a lot of whole lot of me being comfortable and confident in who I am and walking into a setting with people who don't look like me. It, I could have been in another country. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just takes you being that certain individual who knows how to break those type of barriers and to walk in and say, you know what? I'm not afraid of this. I'm going to jump in here. And who cares if it's big, burly, bearded, white guy sitting over here? There has not been one time that I've sat at a bar in any brewery and I have been turned away. I've been treated like trash. I've had uncomfortable experiences. Somebody hasn't acknowledged me. Somebody hasn't said, hey, how you doing? Hasn't gone out of their way, even if they think that I know about beer or if they don't, to make sure I know about my beer. And that's what I need people to know is don't be afraid. Because yeah. once you get in there and you sit down and you say, I don't know nothing about beer. Yeah. It's not your job to know that. It's the person behind the bar. Yeah. And they're not here to judge you or pick out anything. They want to know what you like, be able to tell them what you like. I tell people this all the time when I'm educating them on how to pick out beers and try beers. I don't want to hear what you want, don't like. I don't want to hear you complain. Tell me what you like. You find a beer that you like, oh, this 450 Nugs by 450 North. Let me take a Delish. photo of this. Let me type it down. Let me write it down. Let me send it to Chris so she know what it is. So the next time I reach out or if I'm at a bar and I have people so every single day sitting at the bar, what I need to order, sending me menus like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, order me some of those chicken wings and send them through Uber Eats. Like, that's what <laughs> yeah. I want. But, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm telling people all the time what to try because I'm always constantly telling them when you find something you like, make sure you write it down, jot it down, keep it close. So the next time you go out, you tell somebody, this is what I had. This is what I like. Can you help me find something that I like? Yeah. Don't come in there telling me, oh, I, I, I can't do that. Oh, no, no, I don't like that. Oh, yeah. that sour. Oh, sour what? You might love sours. Yeah. Most people who don't try drink beer, they love sours. Exactly. Yeah. It's because that's the, that their, their palate and the familiarity with sweet, sour, salty, yeah. It's so simple and so easy. So, yeah, I, I I like being able to, you know, educate people on the beers. And um, I think the thing that you said that really stuck out to me was like, you haven't been to a, a brewery, a bar where someone didn't want to educate you. Right. Because that's one thing, like as women, we often will like, I get frustrated, but I have to check myself. Right. Because it's like, I get frustrated because sometimes I'll sit at a bar and, you know, the guy will sit there and mansplain fucking like IPAs to me or they like, talk to your date instead of you yeah well I mean oh that has happened well, to me just in general okay that has happened but I like, hate the that the general sense is that like they it's they want to educate they want to talk to you about it so sometimes like if, if I were just by myself to go to a bar and sit there and talk sometimes I'll get mansplained too for a couple minutes but then when they sort of 
like the general consensus is that they want to make sure that I know what I'm about to drink. They want to make sure that I know what I'm about to like, you know, like, do I know like what IPAs are? Do I know what double IPAs are? And it's not necessarily my fault that they don't know that women like beer. And it's not my fault that they, you know, it, it, because they're under that rock. Yeah. (laughs) Remember when we first started out and we were talking about the people under the rock? Yeah. They're they're one of them. Yeah. So, and and it's kind of like, (laughs) we kind of have to all work together. We have to be like, okay. Like sometimes I have to put up with being mansplained for a couple of minutes. Not saying that. Right. That's right or wrong. I get it. Not that's right or wrong, but because it is annoying. Because it is like, and there are people who will come up to you and just like generally just want to challenge you. Like, okay. If you were on a deserted island and you only had one case of beer while you were there, what would it be? Cherry Street. Fuck yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, I got him with that one. Cherry Street. And the winner is. (laughs) Cherry Street. Groovy guava. The groovy, uh, the pink guava, double IP, dry hopped. It's a dry hopped IPA. I haven't tried that one yet. You got to get it when it's very fresh. So clearly you want to stay on the island. You're like, I got some guava. What if I'm going to be on the island? (laughs) And it's a good good, uh, ABV on there, but it's the groovy child. It's a dry, double dry hopped IPA. Ooh. I don't know if I've ever had a double dry hopped anything. Really? I've had... Dry hopped? I don't know if I've had a double dry hopped. I've had all types of stuff. I remember typing in stuff like hashtags. I'm like dry hop, double dry hop, double double dribble, 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 shoot, like everything. Yeah. There's a lot. Very, one nine. Yeah. Oh, well, one of my things this year that I'm into is actually beer trading. Yes. Have you guys traded? It's so foreign to me. I don't understand. Really? Oh, it's the most beautiful thing on the planet. Have you done any trading? You guys have done any trading? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Okay. So I got into trading more so because as of this year being in the beer game, as long as I have, I got to start getting my hands on stuff that's new. I got to start getting my hands on stuff that's, this is what the rave is. I don't just necessarily, I can't keep catering to people around here and catering to all my local breweries. I got to start talking about those big, important beers like 450 North, which is probably... Your creature's comfort of of craft brewing in general right yeah. now. So, you know, creature's comfort here in Georgia and Atlanta is cool, but only people in the Southern Range really, really know what that is. I see 450 North on my timeline everywhere. And it was one of the beers I said, you know, well, what is this beer? Because I'm seeing it everywhere. I got to get my hands on it. Just like people think they need to have Monkish and Mumford, or people think that they need to have... Um, Old Nation, or people think that they need to have all of these uh, river. What is it? River. Um, I forget what it is. The people who do. Uh, There's lots of rivers. Russian River. Russian River. Ooh. Like people. Like these are there. There. There's certain beers like plenty and certain beers that you want to get your hands on um, here and there. Like just those beers whenever they seasonal release. Hop Slam's one of them. Um, but Hop there's Slam. yeah. I heard Hop Slam was not good this this year. year? Yeah, I heard it wasn't good this year. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. This was my first year buying my own case of Hop Slam, and okay. I sat on it for a good two weeks. Because last year was my first year of buying my own And thing. I wasn't disappointed with my $20 that I spent. I okay. wasn't disappointed. Good. And it was all for me. For I got a case. Hmm? I think we paid 15 for a six-pack. No, I was going to say it wasn't. Um, it was probably $17. I just said $20 because I know that $3 span... Is real, so mm-hmm. I paid as low as seventeen, but you could pay as high as twenty. Yeah, <laughs> and on the on the ATL beer Reddit, people yeah. were saying I'm spotting it twenty bucks. Yeah, it's twenty. It depends on where. If you're going to Greens, 
Which might I add, Greens has a great beer selection. Greens is lit. It's the it's the People Greens that's not over here on Buford or over on Buford. It's the Greens yes. that's out there. Yeah, because I had to go get a skillet donut for one of my traders. Mm. I could not find it at any other local beer shops. I had to go all the way out to that other Greens and look through everything and find that skillet. They had like twenty of them left, I think. The oh. Greens on Buford isn't terrible, but the other location the other one is has lit. the beer location. That's the beer location. So we're talking about trading. That's the thing. It's like. It's a currency, right? So you have to just, it's like, a, it's like the stock it's market. A good trade you have to go, there. like, what's right. worth? If I was it? going to get three cases of Hop Slam at the time that I have them when they're out on the market, they're worth $20 a six pack. If I keep them storaged up and keep them as fresh as I can with them being IPAs, um, Within a matter of now, within within a month of a two span month, I could probably upcharge on those and make double or triple off of that. I could sell you a six case of Hop Slam right now for forty five dollars. I know I can. I don't understand. That's the thing. I don't understand. I don't know. Well, what- that's part saleswoman and also part beer, but I right. know I can do supply it. and demand. Absolutely, absolutely. If you've, I mean. We got a fucking, I, I got, I purchased a four pack of the space lettuce, which comes in a 16 ounce can for f- like $14. Mm-hmm. And I know I could have turned that shit around and made double, triple my profit. I know I could have done that, but I want to drink it instead. Yeah. That's my problem. So you buy a case for you and you buy a case for the, the profit. Right. Yeah. Which is what I'm learning now. Um, the trading thing has been fun because, like I said, I have to get my hands on beers that are exclusives out there, important stuff that people want to hear my opinion on. People locally want to hear my stuff on local beers, but unless it's a certain style I'm talking about, people want to hear about certain beers. Mm-hmm. So I have my um, connects up in Cali right now, and really what I've been drinking a lot this year is Three Floyds. That's where my trades have been Three coming from. Three Floyds is yes. so good. I'm so glad everybody Floyd loves. Is so good. Yes, Three Floyds is so good. The first one I had from them was an IPA. It was a oh, it's the uh, um, laser snake. It's a laser snake IPA. I don't know Three what Floyds. that is, but it sounds so wonderful. Well, you know, they it sounds have crazy like a music video that I want to see. Laser oh, snake shit. is one of their IPAs. Oh my goodness! I have in your bottle. Oh, that was outside when my mom was coming and I dropped it because I was in excitement. I had already drank the beer. People mm-hmm. were asking, like, what happened? I drank the beer. Don't worry. I take them outside sometimes no to take photos, but I don't use glasses like that. So I walked outside and I dropped it. But, um, oh, my gosh. I had that beer at a pizza joint. So it was real good. Mm-hmm. And I, I shared it pizza with them. Pizza and beer is the best. Yes. Oh, really? I think pizza and beer is better than burgers and beer, in my opinion. I think pizza and beer is best. That's my jam. I think pizza and beer is best. Mm-hmm. I like pizza and beer. I like wings and beer. I like, mm. I, oh, you know what works? Chick-fil-A really and beer. Good with beer. <laughs> I gotta be, and this is what I like, craft breweries, if you listen. When I'm looking at my cans and stuff, I love when you can educate me and learn and teach me some learning lessons, like, you know, how to pair my beer. So if I do drink this 450 Nugs, what three things would go good with it? So maybe a cheeseburger, Ooh. bacon, or a certain veggie or something, or some certain style of beer. Like, letting me know what goes well with that. Some breweries do that. Uh, there yes. was a beer that I had out of Florida from Big Storm, 
and it's a tropical beer. And I went to the beach one time, and it said to pair with subs. So I went to go pick up some public subs. Oh, pops up with the chimichurri and shit. Oh, god damn. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, I was eating the sub, and then I was drinking the beer behind it. Eating the sub, drinking the beer. It was so... The sub by itself was nasty. The beer by itself was okay. But together, they complemented each other so well. I was so shocked. Food pairings are so helpful. Because even if you're not going to have the food with it, it gives you... Because people, the, the the average person understands food way more than they understand beer. Yeah. So if you got food pairings on it, even if they don't plan to have that food with it, they go, I know how that food tastes. So I now have a deeper understanding of how this beer tastes, how right. it's going to affect Such it. A, yeah, that's a really good observation. It's true. Right. Especially with pub subs. Everybody knows the pub subs. Pups yes. of Publix. Oh my God. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. I'm opening one more. Place. I had like a, a, a Cuban sub. Oh, it was so Cubans good. are so good. So more fun questions. If you could have a beer with anybody, dead or alive, celebrity, family, what would it be and what do you think they drink? What would the beer drink and what do I think they would drink? Well, yeah. What beer would they drink, do you think? I would... Have a beer with Oprah Winfrey. She's ah, I love gonna, her. She's never. You get a beer. Die. You get a beer. And then, um, in case you know, you want to have a. First of all, you want to have a beer with Oprah Winfrey because you want that beer to be fruitful and multiply, don't you? <laughs> you want that beer to go. It's on that's and be the great. most expensive beer you've ever. So had. If Oprah said, "Did you make that beer?" Well, Oprah, if you need me to make a beer, I always can. <laughs> well, I happen to have a brewery. You know, you never know, Oprah. So that's why I want to oh, imagine if Oprah had a brewery? Stedman IPA. <laughs> can you imagine if Oprah had a brewery and she had a beer of the month? It would be of a steady hand. Of the month. <laughs> it would be steady hand Stedman, aka Stedman. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't say that. That was the next thing we opened was uh, steady uh, hands circles of the sun. Yes, steady hand circle of the sun. They just had their grand opening officially. Right. And, uh, Good. I was because I, I was about to say I don't think they have a location because they're not on my um, visit oh, list. Yeah. So so they invited us out. I think about October when they were like letting people in Mm. and they have a space for food trucks to just pull up in there. Wow. Good. So it's so flower That floral one that they have, that IPA is really good. Oh, and their farmhouse. It's a 16 ounce can. It's this beautiful artwork of like a cow skull with like flowers growing Mm. in and out of it. Their farmhouse. Mm -hmm. I had it when I was there. So, so, so good. Steady hand. I'm excited for what they're about to do. Good. That's good. I haven't, I haven't been disappointed with any of their beers to date. So, so Oprah is your, Oprah would be who I would choose to have a beer with. And if I would choose any beer to have with Oprah, what do you think she'd like? I think she likes something a little bit more along the lines of uh, Yager. <laughs> Yager Pilsner. But I, I, I'd probably give her Euphona Pilsner from New Rome. Mm. I know she wouldn't say no to that. My my uncle just celebrated his 60th birthday this past weekend, and we went to Pig and Pearl. And they got a hotel at 12 in Atlantic Station and stuff. So we were just back and forth in between there. And I've taken them to New Realm, him and my aunt before, to New Realm and stuff. And we've tried beers. But he's a military guy. He's not too, you know, crazy about certain things. He loves Jute Triple. So I know, hey, he likes Belgian styles. And I know he likes Pilsners and Yagers. I'm not a Pilsner Yager fan. Some people are. I would put Oprah on that Euphonia Pilsner Pilsner. I think she would enjoy that. I also think she'd love Reformation's Alossi as well. Their rosé. 
Alani. Okay, yeah. Alani, not Alani. Alani, Alani. I was about to say Alani. The rose one. I like that. And actually, Fontaflora has that red velvet. The Fontaflora red velvet crush. Yeah, it's a rose L with muscadine grapes. Somebody told me you gotta try that. They was like, don't trade that. Keep that one. I tried it. I was like, oh my god. And I'm not even a crazy fan of with rose. So that was amazing. But yeah, you're right. Ooh, I, I like bet she's like I bet she's like second self's bleeding heart too. The new one? Yeah. I just had that today. Was it delicious? It was very good. The strawberry I one? Drink, yeah, I drank through it. And I didn't even realize I was sitting there drinking that beer like that. Like I was like, whoa, this is good. I literally drank through it and forgot to take note to the beer. Damn. It was good. But yeah, it would be Oprah and I put her on that you find. Because we'd be up yeah. here in Atlanta. Yeah. Chilling, hanging yeah, out, ATL course. style. Well, you're a busy girl, so final question. What is your guilty pleasure TV? Those Real Housewives of Atlanta, baby. I love that messy shit. I'm so sorry, but Portia is a 2019 Lucille Ball. I love her. I love the ditziness, but you know, you gotta pay attention because if you're if you're paying attention, she's strategic and she calculates what she's amazing. She says it. I Whole think first she's... episode talking about why don't you let me use your toothbrush? Got us all talking. Got us all talking. I'm like, is she Weird. really over here saying some stuff? But that's Portia. Controversial, yeah. despite what we know. We look at it as dim-witted and dumb and yeah. stuff, and she's the blonde of the group. But really, Portia know what she got going on. She's not dumb. She know what she's doing. Are Bitch Bear listeners ready for this gag of the century? Oh, gag. God. Give us the gag. Ashley has started watching Real Housewives. Yes! How long I have been waiting for this. I love I, Real Housewives. I'm, t- I'm telling you, if you're all regular, you know that I have said that I would love it, but I don't, I was not going to welcome Satan into my home because <laughs> I knew that I was going to get obsessed with it. Oh my God. And my and your friend, Jessica. We're going to give Jessica a shout out. Uh, and she she started watching Beverly Hills Mm -hmm. and I slowly realized as I was making my trips to the kitchen that I was watch I was waiting to watch longer and longer and longer until I realized I was watching whole episodes with her and so now I'm on season four and it's been a month and I don't know what to do with my life well you know what that's why I love the housewives no matter where you are where you're at there's a housewives in every region and I love my Atlanta housewives yes ma'am that's the next one I'm jumping to it is totally it's such a guilty pleasure because you know at the end of the day for me being a woman who stands on the grounds and the things that I do, I do not condone that type of stuff. I don't even watch Scandal. I stopped watching Scandal the second season. I appreciate you, Shonda Rhimes. I love you, Carrie Washington. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if I want to see a black woman in a position of power, I don't want to see her over here cheating or sleeping with a white man who's the president and his wife and stuff. Why she got to be all of that? Why she can't just yeah. be the president? Right. So, Thank you. You know, that's just where I stand on stuff. So sometimes I really cut out and block out support. And I don't have to be one of those people who have to wait till Gucci do some crazy stuff. I just cut out the support <laughs> early on to say, you know, I'm not really liking what you guys are putting out here with the message. Yeah. So I'm just not going to support it. But oh my goodness, when I tell you every Monday when I'm cooking dinner or lunch and stuff, I have to turn my house. I have to watch my housewives. They're so, they're <laughs> so great. I need them. Yeah. <laughs> Hulu has been a blessing and a curse. I binge on a lot of shows. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you really have to keep me engaged. Black Fire or uh, Black Earth Rising. I don't know about this. Oh y'all gotta get on that Black Earth Rising. Okay. It's the one. Okay, have you ever seen um Chewing Gum? 
The UK yes, show. Yes. I, I, I oh, it's chewing gum. Oh my God, I love chewing her. gum She's is so, so funny. Like a uh, Tina Fey show. Um, yes. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, oh, Kimmy Schmidt. Schmidt. I love it. Kimmy. Kimmy Schmidt. It, it, it kind the of the first season was great. The first season was great. Yeah, but I love Kimmy Schmidt and I love Tina Fey. But um, yeah, Black Earth Rising is the girl from Chewing Gum, and she's in a serious role. And it's about the whole uh, African. Tootsie genocide, Rwanda, yeah. all that stuff. And she's one of the survivors from it. And like all of the political stuff that happened in it because she was one of the uh, refugees from a political figure or somebody who was there, you know, helping the refugees and stuff. So you have to be all eyes in on that show. Yeah. But it's a good show. Okay, I love y'all, but we are getting the signal from Ben that we yeah. got to wrap this shit up. It's time to wrap so it up. So we can continue this conversation off air, and then y'all just don't get to be a part of it. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. I appreciate it. Again, I'm Chris, the Craft Beer Connoisseur. Follow me at T-H-E-E Craft Beer Connoisseur. Also, if you are a woman here in the Atlanta area, or just in general, who's looking for another group of women, you know, who you listen to this podcast and you said, hey, that's what I'm looking for, um, please join us at Craft Women Connect. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well. And keep an eye out for some things I have coming up. Uh, the Ultimate Craft Experience that's coming this summer. Yes. Um, as well as, you know, follow me with my journey for 2019 beers in 2019. And um, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the opportunity. You guys are awesome. Congratulations on a one-year anniversary. I, I, I'm i so happy for you guys. You've been doing the damn thing around here. Thank you. You're one of the first beer people that we've met in this town. So Aww. we're so happy to know you. It's Aww. like we've been meaning to have you on for fucking like the whole goddamn time. So like thank <laughs> you for coming it's on. It's perfect timing right now. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. works out in this timing. Yeah. We love you. Yay. Cheers. Cheers to great, great new people, great times, podcast and beer. Cheers, Cheers. and coffee cups. Clink noises. Cheers clink noises to Dixie. Clink noises. Thank you all so much for listening. We got an update from Chris on her 2019 beers journey, and she's up to 280 beers. We are rooting for you. <laughs> hey, did you know we have a website? We do. Every Friday, we'll be posting our favorite beers of the week on our beer journal. Make sure you check it out at bitchbeerpodcast.com. Last month on International Women's Day, we moderated a panel at Red Hair with some incredible women in beer. Next Brewsday Tuesday, you're going to hear from Craft Beer Chris, honorary co-host at this point, Jen Bryce, <laughs> beer writer Stephanie Grant, and owner of Pinkies Up Beer and Wine, Melissa Harbors. We hope to see you then. Cheers. Cheers.